Welcome to another week of Instigating with Clarky and Drury, brought to you by our great friends at Conway Furniture. That's Highway 86, east end of Listowel. Our friends at Conway, go see them. Our friends over at Larry Hudson Chevrolet Buick GMC, we'll hear a bit more from them later. And of course, the Listowel Squash Courts. Ryan Drury on here with Chris Clark. And we're very pleased to be joined by a very good friend of the show. He's on here a lot. It's been a while, though, but given what went down last weekend, we needed to touch base with our baseball guy, and that guy is none other than Toronto Sun Blue Jays beat reporter and sports reporter Rob Longley. Rob, how are you, my friend? Not too bad, man. It feels like it's a five-day hangover, and I'm still recovering from last Friday. All that <laughs> craziness it was unbelievable. Like, nothing I've ever seen in 35 years in this crazy business of ours. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It was unbelievable. And Ryan, I'm, I'm glad you're, you didn't uh, get onto the ledge because you weren't very happy last week. Were you? I wasn't happy. Uh, I think that blue Jays nation's not happy. And I, I think really what it boils down to is this and Rob, I'm curious on your thoughts on, on, you know, how the fan base is reacting. You're, you're kind of right in the center of it. Um, I think the problem is this. It's not that Shohei didn't come here. We were all kind of prepared for that. And, you know, Clarky, you were trying to egg me on all day and oh, he's definitely coming and it must be true. And I said, I'm not going to believe it till I see him in front of the Rogers Center. And it turns out that he's going to L.A. It's not that he didn't come here. It's all of the insanity that ensued with people definitely certain that he was. And then all of a sudden he wasn't because Dragon's Den's Robert Herjavec was the one on the private jet. And and Rob, you said you've never seen anything like this, a frenzy like this covering this team. What was it like in and around the city? And what are you seeing from this fan base right now? Because, man, there is a lot of finger pointing and blame going around. What's your take on it? Well, first of all, we'll, we'll talk about Friday a little bit. And and, and it was it was crazy. Um, I mean, I think the first phone call I got from an editor at the Toronto Sun was sometime before 10 a.m. in the morning anyway, when John Morosi first tweeted out that uh, – that, uh, that Otani was on his way to Toronto or that Toronto was a favorite, a favorite or whatever the, where the first tweet was. And, and, and I, you know, I tried to express my caution. Um, I had just returned from Nashville the previous day. And I said, listen, the, the Blue Jays have made a very serious offer and are very much in this. I, I, I was able to establish that from, from sources. But, I mean, until we know for sure that, that this dude is on his way to Toronto, I don't, I don't want to run with that. And that was just the start of it. You know, it got crazier with people with, with the whole flight tracker thing. And and I understand that that's sort of a Twitter or X phenomenon that people have, have, have glommed on to lately that you can you can track planes, which you've always been able to do. But but it becomes a thing like there's only one millionaire or billionaire in all of Ontario that flies to California regularly. So are there's none. So this this has to be an Otani plan. And these were the types of things that I was trying to explain to editors. And I'm saying, let's stay on top of this. Let's be ready to pounce if he gets here. Um, and let's have stories ready. Let's have all sorts of things ready. We had a front page ready with that, that he was going to be a Blue Jay. But let's not let's not get out there and, and put that story out there that this is a done deal because it isn't. From from the people that I was talking to and, and the sources that I had. And then the whole craziness of there was you know, people announcing on, on some well-respected people announcing that there's going to be a press conference what? at six o'clock announcing this at five o'clock. That's not going to happen on a Friday. 
You're not going to get media from wherever they're living, me out in Burlington, uh, the Japanese media, which is a, a huge contingent. It's not it's not the way it's going to work. You know, they're going to they're maybe going to get him to Toronto, but there isn't going to be a press conference until the following week at the earliest. So it just got sillier and sillier by the moment. And the more sillier it got, the more uh, intense uh, people became in trying to break the story or address the story. Uh, I mean, there was a number of media outlets that sent sent photographers or videographers out to Pearson. We had a photographer out to the Rogers Center. And I said, listen, he's not going to be going to the Rogers Center. The Rogers Center is one of the biggest construction sites in all of Toronto right now. Like if if he's going to go, if he gets here and goes anywhere in the city, it isn't going to be to the Rogers Center at five o'clock on a Friday afternoon, (laughs) Friday evening. So anyway, it's just it got sillier and sillier. And then by the time, uh, you know, the closer that that. mythical flight that got to Toronto, it, it had reached a fever pr- uh, pitch only to end a, a, end in a thud. And it I think you're, did. You, yeah, it did yeah. end in a thud. That's what I was saying. Like, there's no doubt when, I can't remember the guy's name, he put that, he is not on a flight to Toronto. It was like, everyone was like, what? Like, it was just such an excitement and then boom, down, you know? Um, but who got used here? Like, we'll never find out, I guess, but did Morosi get used? Did the Blue Jays get used? Was this all Dodgers all the time and everyone was just getting used to get up to $700 million? It, It's possible. It's it's also possible that nobody got used. Mm-hmm. It's possible that the Blue Jays offer was so good. And, you know, this is one of the things that I reported from Nashville last week uh, that I had a source that was very familiar with, with the offer that the Blue Jays put together and that it, that it was an all-in scenario, that Edward Rogers himself was involved in it that um, it was sort of like a, a, a unicorn offer for a unicorn player and that that money that they were going to spend on Otani isn't necessarily money they're going to spend on, on other players. But it was a very serious and a very real offer. So it quite simply could have been a, a case of the Jays' offer is so good that the Otani camp took it back to to uh, the Dodgers and the Dodgers matched it or beat it or put put together a package that Otani liked more and, and was enough to... To, to seal the deal now who, did, so if that's the case did the jays get played not necessarily i mean it depends on, on how you want to describe it they certainly would have helped in, increase the final the final offer that otani got and, and certainly were a, a part of this uh, driving up the price but the san francisco giant giants could have been been a part of that as well it, it, it might simply have been just the way that the negotiations negotiations unfolded, and 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 that's what happens when you've got a strong agency and you keep everything close to the vest of the way that they did. Um, you're going to maximize it because this this thing took on a life of its own basically since free agency started in November, but certainly from the day that the winter meeting started last Monday in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, Saturday afternoon is when the news officially drops, passing and everybody that people actually trust in the in the industry down south, it seems. Well, uh, Otani, Otani broke it. it. Yeah, Otani broke it. Yeah, o- Otani puts it out on Instagram, and then, uh, you yeah. know, the news starts flooding out, which, right. you know, left, left Jay's nation wondering, as Noel Gallagher once famously sang, where did it all go wrong? Uh, <laughs> but as you say, that might not be the case. It just ended up being that he wanted to go to the Dodgers and probably did all along. There were some other offers out there that we've heard about that were either equal to or very similar to, including San Francisco. But now as we step back and take a look at how this all went down and whether people were used and people were feeding certain report 
reporters information like John Morosi is getting absolutely skewered on social yeah. media right now. But but what's wild about all of this is now what's come out of the Otani thing is it's taken on a different life. It's OK. So Otani ends up signing in L.A. But now there's this big argument about sports journalism and the right way to go about doing stuff. And there are a lot of there are a lot of people out there that are taking shots at people like John Morosi, whether you agree with that or not, that really ought to take a step back and have a gander at some of their past actions here. And we don't have to get into it, but like, you know, Bob Nightingale wrote a post about how, you know, he, he was slandering colleagues and saying, Oh, this is not the right way to do it. And it's like, Bob, (laughs) let's not forget a couple summers ago, what you were up to on, on the Twitter machine. But as you take a step back, Rob, and look at this, it really gave us another glimpse into the danger of believing everything you read on the internet, eh? Yeah, it, it really does. And, it, and, you know, I think it's a bit of an indictment uh, um, to the culture of insiders. And, and Clark, you can speak to this as well. Um, not that there's anything wrong with uns- insiders. Some of it just do it, um, let's say, in a more responsible way than others. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people, a lot of the more re- uh, well-respected insiders in, in hockey and baseball that, you know, it, it's going to take more than one source to, before you go with something, especially something that this big. So if, if you hear that Otani is on a flight, um, you, you, you get, before you just throw it out there, you've got to, you got to, you've got to take a half a step back and say, okay, um, maybe I should follow this up to make sure there's a second source and maybe even a third source because not only is this the, the biggest story of the offseason in baseball, it's it's the biggest story in the sports world right now. I mean, this is a guy who's going to sign the biggest contract, contract in the history of professional sports. Um, it's As I mentioned earlier, it's a story that's taken on a life of its own. So if you're going to throw something out there on a story that big, you better be um, pretty darn confident in, in, your, in your sources. And, I mean, I suppose John Morosi was, and, and I guess that's why. Um, there, there's been some suggestions that, that perhaps he was played, but maybe there was somebody within the agency that, that suggested that he was on his way to Toronto. But uh, yeah, so uh, to your point, though, the, the whole idea of the this insider culture, um, I read the Bob Nightingale piece and I thought he actually made a couple of points in there that were, were relevant. I'm not so sure that yes. I, would have, I would have written a column like that, but it was perhaps a lesson to our profession that seems to be so plugged into what social media is going to say about us now that we want to be first um, before we're right. And I think that maybe there is, there is, maybe this is a lesson to take just a little bit of a step back. Um, be careful in, uh, of what you report, um, not just on the big stories, but on any story, but, but, you know, on, on these massive stories, boy, oh boy, you better be right. Or you're going to, you're going to deal with the consequences. Poor John Morosi hasn't uh, posted much on social media since. Oh. And he's a nice man. I know him fairly well. Um, and, and he's done a lot of work, but I, and I have to believe that he would be wearing this pretty hard right now. And it would be a very tough time for him because um, a lot of the criticism heaped his way would be would be unfair. I mean, there's certainly there's certainly some uh, some reason for it because it was because the story blew up in his face. But but it would have had to have been very difficult for him to, to deal with the aftermath. It's amazing what you think when you hear things and you, you, you try to tie things together. Like Kikuchi had a sushi restaurant book too with, for a whole bunch of people. No, no, no. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. And then you start thinking, and then I'm like, I knew it. 
I knew that's why the Jays didn't get rid of this guy or send him to yeah. the minors last year is because he want they wanted him on the roster to promise him a spot to get Otani here. And I figured it all out. Um, but it is amazing what you think. And I guess there was no sushi restaurant booked, Ryan. Is that what you're saying? Look, so this this is where off the back of what our friend Mr. Longley has said here is where I hope that there's lessons twofold here. One, we need for especially young people, I'd even argue even older people to take media literacy lessons because there and and reporters and trusted insiders, including maybe John Morosi in this case, were pulled in and sucked in by all these stories that started going viral based on tweets and hearsay from some guy on Twitter going, I'm tracking this flight. Otani's definitely on it. Then there's this whole rumor about Kikuchi and the sushi party. That was a rumor started as a joke on the yeah. TSN morning show. First, I heard it. Carlo I heard it live. <laughs> that that was a joke. It, like he, yeah. That never happened. Like that was never. Well, they did a get a text. The they did get a text. And then yeah. Carlo laughed at right? from a random guy. Like it could have been you, Ryan. That's exactly what I'm saying. I know. People, I agree. People. That's what I'm saying. First, media literacy needs to go through the roof. The amount of yeah. stupidity that I see around media and how it actually works and people's interpretation yeah. of how it actually works is mm -hmm. beyond dumb. 99% of people have no clue how this industry works. And is that a problem too? Maybe, but the, the stupidity and the takes I see about how, how, screwed up the most of us working in this industry are are completely false so that's a problem and two i think a lot of people need to take stock of where they're seeing a lot of this information and trying to corroborate it some guy on twitter's tweeting about private jets and a <laughs> yeah. sushi party oh, and crazy. people are buying it and and to to john morosi's credit Major League Baseball's Twitter account retweeted yep. all the mm -hmm. stuff he was saying. Like, yeah. there are failures yeah. here, if you want to call them that. That might be a harsh word here. At multiple levels, all the way up to Major League Baseball's account. And on that note, Rob, I want to ask you about the contract itself because a lot of people are pointing fingers at it, the structure of it, and the fact that there is a huge deferral of money here. Do you think that the way they structured this contract is fair? Because a lot of people are going, this just looks like the Ilya Kovalchuk contract that the Devils got in trouble for all those years ago. And that rich teams like the Dodgers shouldn't be able to do stuff like this because it gives them a competitive advantage. What's your opinion on that? Well, I mean, you can make that argument, except for you can't because it's fair as defined by this by the Major League Baseball uh, CBA. So should it be? It, well, no, no, it definitely should not be. And I'm, I, I would expect that it would be changed at some point. But I, I mean, who knows that the offer that the Blue Jays may have uh, put together could have been could have been a, a, a similar style. Right. Um, you know, w when we originally started heard about hearing about the def deferrals, it again, it, the story takes on a life of its own because there was a suggestion that this was Otani's idea because he wanted to make sure the Dodgers had money to, to spend to, to make the team good so that he could win all kinds of World Series. I suspect it was as, as as much the Dodgers' idea as it was uh, Shohei Otani's idea, but that, but that's how it becomes a life of its own. Um, it may, it makes you wonder if though um, other if rival teams are that were in on the bidding or or not for that matter 
would be upset about it? Um, or, or are they smart enough in each of those front offices to understand that such a loophole, if you want to call it that, is available to every team if they want to use it? It's still it's still a lot of money to be spent. Um, but you see some of the estimates now that in today's real dollars, the the seven hundred uh, million is actually only four hundred and thirty eight million or whatever it is. So it's a very clever uh, clever offer that was concocted either by the Dodgers or by Otani's agency or by a combination of the tall foreheads in both departments to make it happen. But um, to your point, Ryan, is is it right? No, but it's legal in, 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 under the current uh, structure of the CBA. And I suspect the reason that it's legal is because the union loves it um, because their players just get richer and richer. It's, as we know, it's a, it's a really, uh, it's a sport without a salary cap. So um Players in baseball are compensated like no other sport, it feels like. And yeah, I mean, the whole, another whole entire thing about this thing is trying to wrap your head around the dollar figure. It's 951 million. It's almost a 1 billion Canadian dollars mm-hmm. for a baseball player for a decade. Like, it's how do you wrap your head around that stuff? Yeah, it, it is definitely hard to wrap your head around it. And the other thing, um, I kept wrapping my head around as I was talking to Ryan as this thing was going down. As much as I was excited about it in the back of my head, and I, you know, at the end of the day, it probably had nothing to do with these two guys. But I just kept saying Shapiro and Atkins can't can't make this happen. Like they just don't have the capability of making it happen. At the end of the day, he wanted to play in LA, and that's probably what happened. But my question to you is: now they're zero for two. You know, um, what's next? Where like where are we going to go? This team's not any better. It's the same team. Yeah, I mean, in, in one respect, they may have gotten a little bit unlucky to, to go for the second strike because the second strike, the one on, I'm assuming you're talking about one so, Soto going to yeah. the Yankees, yeah. was something that they couldn't move on until the until the right. Otani thing was resolved. Yeah, yeah. The Yankees were, were smart enough to swoop in and get that deal done. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not so sure that the, the Jays would have been able to put together or would have been willing to put together the type of offer that the, that the Yankees did. To get soda, but they or should have even right. I mean, from all the reports we heard, you know, it would have required Ricky Tiedemann to be a, a key part of that. And you know, he's he is their number one, their number one prospect. You know, we've already had seen the blowback that the Jays, the Jays got for um, for letting their last number one prospect go to to, to Arizona, Gabriel Moreno. So, um, but now that does lead into what's next, and I think that's uh, that's the real. Um, and I, I kind of addressed this in a column the other day. This is the real difficulty of the off season now. It's that, it, it, like, neither of these things could be Ross Atkins or Mark Shapiro's fault, right? It's just just the way it went well, down. They were they were sure. never going to the Dodgers. Maybe they never would have had a chance at Juan Soto. To suggest for and, and fans suggested that that they all oh, these guys say they're in on everybody. Well, of course they're in on everybody. They're going to kick the tires on everybody that they want. But they were in on these guys. Like they were, they're, they're serious players. They have the resources to do it now. They have clearance from the highest levels of Rogers communication to make this team a winner for all kinds of reasons. They've got a, a strong core in place. They've got a, they've got uh, more expensive tickets to sell next season. The competitive window is starting to close potentially with the, the future of Ladrero Jr. and Bobachet. They have the resources to spend. Sometimes you just lose out on them and it's not, not necessarily Atkins or Shapiro's fault, but the issue becomes now, no matter what they do, no matter what Ross Atkins did, to do the rest of the season off season it's going to be a downer for blue jays fans they're still going to call it a failure they're still going to feel that 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 it was it it was it was not successful 
And for a team that has holes to fill, I mean, that both in bodies and production, they got four or five spots they got to fill in that lineup. They've got offensive production that they've got to replace. Um, I don't think that, that, that Atkins and Shapiro, this front office, will get off the hook until this team proves that it's a better team, that they start strong, they win some baseball games, they prove that they're going to be competitive in the American League East, which obviously is going to be much more difficult thanks to what the Yankees have done. It's almost like no matter what they do, it's a blown off season, certainly in, in, in perception, um, fair or unfair. I, I, you know, I suppose, I suppose they're going to make a strong pitch at Cody Bellinger uh, and, and maybe at, at, for Matt Chapman. The problem is those two guys are going to get paid heavily um they've had uh and they're both represented by scott boris the super the so-called super agent who's been licking his chops all all winter waiting for the otani thing to get done so that he can start marketing his boys and i think he's going to draw that out in, in into january probably and these guys are going to get overpaid so does does ross atkins want to overpay for cody bellinger off of one really strong year at the plate which was followed by a poor year at the plate does he want to overpay for Matt Chapman, who, yes, was a leader in that clubhouse. Yes, is an incredible um, defender, but showed us last year that he he, he is not the, the the guy at the plate that they hoped he would be. So what's next for them? Uh, I, I think that they might – I think the, the best option might be in the trade market, and, and we'll, we'll see how that unfolds. They will add a few players that are sort of in that uh, – in the bargain in the bargain range, and, and one of the things that they've liked to do over the last couple of years is – is add players uh, for one-year deals. We saw it with Marcus Semien and, and, and a couple others over time, Kevin Kiermaier last year. So I, I, I could see a couple of guys like that, that that showing up. But I think that um, a, a, a good deal of the onus that, uh, for Ross Atkins right now might be on the trade market. I agree with you. And, you know, you, you do look at the rest of this free agent class and it, it it's pretty top-heavy and it's light in terms of, massive impact players Cody Bellinger aside and again you noted on it Rob like what are you getting are we getting close to NL MVP with the Dodgers Cody Bellinger from a few years ago which he kind of revived last year with the Cubs he had a very good year for the Cubs absolutely yeah. uh you know is are you looking for some more power in terms of a guy that they never really replaced when they lost Tay Oscar and a guy like Jorge Soler, who went off last year, had a very good year for the Marlins. J.D. Martinez, who's a little, you know, on the wrong side of 30. There's some guys yeah. out there, but I agree. It's it's the trade market probably where they go. And I brought this guy up to you before, the very first name I thought of, because I don't think Kevin Kiermeyer is going to come back. We could be surprised. Maybe he will. Yeah. He liked his time here, but I doubt he's coming back, which means you probably shift Varsho to center field or maybe – they go out and get a guy that I've always been a big fan of. We know that the Pittsburgh Pirates don't love paying people. Like, is there is there a deal on the table where they maybe go after a guy like Brian Reynolds and maybe you package something up to also get David Bednar out of there? Yeah, I mean that would make us that would make a lot of sense, and that would be the type of deal that I think that they would look at. Um, of course, it would depend on 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 what the price would be, but um, my hunch would be that they would go to organizations like that, right? Uh, organizations like the Pirates or the or the the sorry Ryan the, the Athletics and uh, and try to make deals or with 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 clubs that don't want to pay guys um, and and maybe looking to shed payroll and you know some of these franchises that have had their their local television rights deals collapse too are going to be you know 
not going to have nearly as much revenue as they as they used to. So I, you know, a smart GM, and, and you know, you can say what you want about Ross Atkins. He's a smart dude, like, and and he runs a pretty thorough baseball operations department. Um, they do their homework, you know, and and they, and and they they're able to identify opportunities that are out there, and these are the types of deals that they will be looking at. The question is, will they be able to make them happen? It's it, you know, it 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 takes two. And, I, you know, I think there is still a perception out there that uh, it's pretty certainly on the free agent side that you might have to pay a little bit of a premium to get somebody to come to Toronto. Um, I think that's a bunch of crap, as Kevin Gosman so eloquently said on on uh, on X the other day. But but it's still out there with some players. Once they get here, they tend to love it. Um, but but it, it does take some doing. So that's why you have to look at the trade market, and that's why you have to look at deals like you suggested, Ryan, with teams like the Pirates and and maybe the A's and, and a couple other teams that are almost sellers already and, and see what you can do. You might have to farm off some prospects or some draft picks to do it, but the price, uh, in dollar figures anyway, might not be that dear. Before we let you go, uh, I just want to ask you about the Jays radio um, broadcasts and um, of obviously Ben Wagner getting let go, um, but it's it's bigger than that, and it just seems like Rogers um, doesn't want to travel anybody. And I like are what my question is: is that a talking point when you're on the road or when 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 you talk to other reporters, or is radio dead everywhere like it seems to be in Toronto? Yeah, it's a talking point for sure. Um... Obviously, the, de- the decline of radio is is, is apparent and well-documented, and um, but I don't think it's dead yet. And to me, the baffling part of it to me is uh, is why Rogers would do it. Why a, a team that owns, or a company that owns the team, that owns the TV broadcasts, that owns the radio broadcasts, wouldn't want to use that vehicle for a minimal cost. And, you know, I'm, I will I will qualify this by saying that Ben Wagner was a good friend of mine, but mm-hmm. Ben Wagner worked his butt off. Ben, mm-hmm. ben Wagner was, was one of the guys who worked hardest pregame um, talking to players. He was very well connected with players and with coaches, and he got a lot of information. And, you know, I've listened to a fair number of his of his of his of his radio broadcasts. I listen to them uh, when I'm when I'm covering games at the Rogers Center. Just this, just to, you know, he sees things that I. The press box in the Rogers Center is the worst worst press box in North American professional sport so now, far. From, now, right? So I, you know, you, you you can miss things from out there. So I listen to Ben, uh, just just to stay on top of things. But the information that he brings to a broadcast is is invaluable. But not only that, guys, it's like. He's part of that broader uh, Rogers team, so some of the information that that he he gathers is shared with Buck Martinez and shared with Shai Davidi and Ben Nicholson Smith, and you know he was a valuable teammate to those guys. I don't know what Ben made, uh, but he wasn't costing them a, a lot of money in the big picture, and it's it's sad to see a guy like that lose his job mm-hmm. because I don't think they're I don't think they're getting rid of radio. Uh, radio. They're not. They're going to announce his replacement in the new season, and there's been a lot of speculation as to as to who that might be, but. Um, I, I just don't understand why a communications company w- would do that um, when they're trying to package it all together. And, 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 it's, and it's a license to print money on the TV side. It's a license to print money on the, the ticket sales side. Um, I have to believe that they, you wouldn't lose much money, if any, on radio if, if you did it properly. And I, I just don't understand it. I don't either, because you can tell 
when a guy's looking at a monitor and like Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph go through the yeah. same thing. It's like, this isn't a very good broadcast when you're watching a monitor. It's unfair. And like, as you said, Ben Wagner, like hardworking guy did how many games on his own, which yeah. isn't an easy thing to Most do. Most of them. Give him a, yeah, exactly. They wouldn't even give him a co-host. As I wrote, it'll be interesting wrote, to see when uh, Ben Shulman comes on. Yeah, when I wrote the story uh, after he lost his, after they got they decided to get rid of him, I basically said that they did everything they possibly could to set him up to fail, and yeah. and he did, like he overcame all of that stuff working on exactly. his own, working off of monitors. He did it because he worked his ass off, and you know, and and what does he get for? And he carried them through the COVID year too. You know, like he's that guy yeah. did a lot of work last year in spring training. He was there in spring training, and and he went to he worked every day. He went to every game. And he was he was doing stuff from the TV side. He was he, he called the, ra- the the spring training radio games on his yep. own right? yep. from all these ballparks. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been down there much for spring training, but the drive from Dunedin to Fort Myers is you know three hours in the morning. It could be four and four or five hours in the afternoon with with mm-hmm. with Florida traffic. And and you know he he never complained about it. He just he just worked his ass off and 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 did a hell of a job. And 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 this is this is what they do to a guy like that. It's that's eh, not right. I agree. And Ben's a friend of the show. Of course, we've had him on a couple times, Clarky. And like, I completely agree with every sentiment here. I, I think he's a fantastic voice in the sports world, baseball in particular. And I really hope that, and I'm confident that he will land on his feet with somebody because somebody's going to be smart enough to snap up a talent like that. And w- what a shame that Rogers let somebody like that go, who I agree just worked so, so hard. And I listened to a majority of Jay's games last season on the radio with Ben. And I mean, there's just few better. And and it's a shame that Great. this is the way it shakes out and people are treated this way. But anyway, I don't know. We'll see how it all shakes out in the new year. That's for sure. Rob, we really appreciate you doing this, my friend. Thanks for helping us uh, try and move past this heartbreak of the summer of not Shohei here. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Let's well, let's do something before spring training for sure. Absolutely, we'll do. We will catch up definitely before spring training with our friend, Toronto Sun Blue Jays beat reporter, Rob Longley. Thanks to him. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, Clarky and I, we got to continue talking about this because there's so many more layers to this. And, of course, we'll touch on the Leafs and we'll do our Conway Furniture Couch Potatoes of the Week as well. Coming up next here on Instigating. Welcome back to Instigating with Clarkie and Jury, brought to you by our friends at Conway Furniture, Highway 86, East End of Listowel, our friends at Larry Hudson, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, the Listowel Squash Courts. And for anybody wondering, boy, nice new hat, Ryan. This this courtesy of our friend Al over at the Listowel Squash Courts. As we know, I, I play him twice a week. I beat him How'd again. How'd you do? How'd you do? Oh, you beat him again. I beat him again. Yeah, I'm oh, getting better. Boy. I I really am. The the pessimist that he's I am not. toward myself and he's my not. abilities. That's the problem. I he's pretty good, dude. He, he's, he's still getting landing. Getting he, he's like, still landing not. some shots. I don't know. I think I'm pushing him. Uh, because despite <laughs> yeah, how I down I am on my own abilities at most things, I actually I can see the prog. I am getting better, nice. and it's fun to play. When him. you beat him consistently, and, then we'll go out there and I'll play left-handed or something just to. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But Al, what a great guy! The the guy gets me a Christmas gift. Like he had a bunch of goodies wow. in there for me. Really didn't really? need to do that. Does I he, got me this great for me. 
I don't know. You never go in there anymore. So I'm not I do so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Down no, he got me this beautiful hat. He had a baseball team a couple years ago called the Misfits, of course. Uh, great mm. legendary punk band, of course, the Misfits. And uh and it was fitting that we that the team and the hat says misfits on it and is blue because that's how we're all feeling now as Jays fans. We feel like we're the misfits again, the inferiority complex uh, complex rather is right back there. Cause Shohei didn't want to come here. No. Um, but thanks to Al for doing that. He really didn't, you know what, you know what was in there though, that made me that, you know, really stoked. He got me a, a Buck Martinez bobblehead. Of course, what? Buck Martinez just He's got cleaning the, up uh, his shelf, I guess. Yeah, the uh, yeah, uh, Buck Buck, of course, getting the award from the uh, Canadian Baseball Hall yep. of Fame, the broadcasting award this year, well deserved. And then, uh, you know, he got me a bunch of other little goodies, like just uh, what a what a great guy. And and that's the type of person that's running the Listerol squash courts, and why you should probably go join up and go play because it's it's a lot of fun, man. It, it's fun over there. Now, I I want to just touch on before we move into some other stuff. There's a lot to talk about that, you know, the Leafs, obviously, and a man named Mr. Tavares, who we're, we're going to touch on that. I just want to quickly reiterate again, just people have got to be a little smarter out there with, with this social media stuff, man, like the stuff I was seeing out there. Just, Oh, my friend said that he saw a guy who knew a girl (laughs) that said, and it's like, no, Oh oh my God. You know what? And and cousin Brad, who's, you know, down there in Philly with torts this year and doing well, loving it down there. They're going to play an outdoor game this year against the devils. I'm excited about that, but you know, we've had cousin Brad on the show before Brad Shaw, good hockey coach. He deserves to be a head coach and he might get an opportunity next year, the way some NHL teams are playing. Um, You know, he said to us once, I always laugh at the term. This is Brad's words, not mine. He said, I always laugh at the term insider because none of these guys are in the room. Like Mm -hmm. they don't, really know what's going on behind the curtain they get whispers and snippets and generally you know if if guys are well liked and treat people well people are a little and, more forthcoming and they get some information but and they don't truly know well. what's up and they're okay? used. they're used they can be used at 100 percent. and, and really i can. am i am totally in on the conspiracy theory if you can even call it that that otani's agent a former player you know back in the day himself might have floated some things out there. And and look, I get it. Like, John Morosi's taking it on the chin right now. I get it. I understand. Nightingale's done it before. Lots of them have. John Heyman, they've, they've all thrown stuff out there that just did not end up being true. We all remember the arson judge tweet from, from last summer. Arson judge is going to the Giants. He didn't. He was not going to the Giants. So we get it. We understand that. But... There are times where there are people feeding people stuff and trying to gain leverage by doing so. The media is obviously a powerful thing. And if you can get something going out there, say you're an agent, say you say you're Scott Boris right now and Cody Bellinger, you know, again, it started up right after Otani. People were right back on this, Clarky. Oh, did everybody see Cody Bellinger's girlfriend shared a picture on Instagram (laughs) of the CN Tower? She She did do that. But yes. I immediately was like, I'm not doing this again. I know. No, no. Cody Ballinger's not going to be a Blue Jay. I'll believe it when I turn the television on and Atkins is sitting next to him with a pen. I can't do this anymore. So I'm just saying, like, 
the, yeah, no, man, no. the amount of nonsense that you hear. And, and the I holier also than wanna... thou people out there who were like, oh, holy, there's got, some like, people. Give me a break. And like some Rogers employees, I don't even want to say their name, but some people who work for the team for the Rogers company. Give me a break. Like, there are some like, folks. They don't say anything that... all day. And then they go, yeah, what 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 Nengale said? Yeah, that's right. Well, why didn't you tell us that? Why didn't the Blue Jays squelch the rumors? I heard that their season, uh, op- season opener ticket sales on Friday went through the roof. So they're not going to say anything. They're making money. They're making they money. People sense. are buying and buying and buying. Good. They should plummet. And if they don't yeah. improve this team, those jokers should be gone. Well, and and, and there, there's the thing that I want to mo- move on to next. We kind of touched on it briefly with Rob Longley, our friend from the Toronto Sun, longtime Blue Jays beat reporter. Here's the thing, and, and I've seen this take. You've seen it too, Clarky. where, okay, well, if they had $700 million ponied up for Otani, they better spend hundreds of millions on other guys. Listen, I don't need them to spend hundreds of million on other guys, but what I do need them to do is – Flex the financial muscle that they clearly love to tout. Oh, we're in on guys. We can sign anybody. I need them to take some of that and use that in a different way. And that is the trade market. Keep in mind, you can trade cash in baseball. And there are a lot of teams out there with good players who won't want to pay them because of a big Arbrights thing coming up or the fact that they're almost out of their Arbrights, which a guy like, Brian Reynolds is. I love Brian Reynolds. I think he should be a Blue Jay. And remember last year at the trade deadline, a lot of people were saying David Bednar, one of the best closures in baseball, the Jays should go get him, take pressure off Romano. I'm fully into that. If if you approach, and and I know what the, the other side is, the Jays don't have a lot of quality prospects. Ricky Tiedemann is their top guy. They don't want to get rid of him. Okay, well, so take some of your financial clout then and either use international amateur bonus pool money that you have that a team like the pirates would love or some of your flat out cash and say, listen, we'll give you our fourth best prospect and $15 million cash. I'm just throwing numbers out there to get a guy like Brian Reynolds, because if you don't have the prospect capital to do it, then take some of this money that we keep hearing you've got in droves and droves piled up in the back room, not 700 million, but if it, if it took 15 or 20 million for the pirates to agree to taking a lesser prospect to give you Brian Reynolds and they take that raw cash, please, by all means, Ross, please do it. Because all I'm sick and tired that this can't go the other way. I don't blame them for not getting Otani. I get it. But I will blame them if all we keep hearing about is we've got financial strength. Rob said it. They have clearance from the higher ups, the very highest people on the Rogers board to spend money and improve this team. So you bloody damn well better do it then. And you better do it in a creative way. Properly. Right. Yes. Don't just throw, you know stupid money at people no and again this free agent class is very mid as the kids say it's very mid it's bellinger and a bunch of guys now that that's just my opinion some good players out there sure but not guys that are going to be changed and and third base is an issue matt chapman's a black hole at the plate love the defense he's one of my favorite players i don't want him making 20 plus million 
Let somebody else give him that. Go out and and flex your muscles. Go get a Brian Reynolds. Call up Cincinnati, who were shopping this guy allegedly last year. Go get a Jonathan India. That gives you some options. You could shift Biggio over to third. Yeah, now Maybe we're back India to, could play now third. Now we're back to thinking these guys are competent at what they do. We'll, we'll see. That's They've my point. to me time and time again they're not. So Here, we'll, we'll see. Here's the one credit we'll give them. They have made moves and made trades. They've done that in the past. That's how Chapman ended up here in the first place and Simeon and other guys like that. Yeah, you better do it again. Because I don't want to hear about how we were in on Otani. Oh, and we would have been in on Soto, and they won't get Bellinger either. And we were in on him. You had better go out and use this financial clout to actually improve this team. Because Vlad proved to us last year, and Bo to a degree, certainly defensively, they cannot do it on their own. No one can. You need a team they around need to you. They some significant players to be able to. They do. have holes, dude. Yeah. Dude. Center field and or left field. Oh, Springer will go back leaving, to right, like, and you can move Varsho around. But center yeah. or left field, big hole. This is a second great defensive base. team Who's last year. Base? Who's playing second base? Is it Biggio? Is it a guy like Jonathan India that you could get via trade? Did one of them shift over to third? Who's playing third? This The, the bullpen, Genesis Cabrera, is gone. I mean... Like, I, wonder, I wonder if they actually... like We'll never know. But I'd love to know if Manoa they thought if Shapiro and Atkins actually thought Otani was coming. You know what I mean? They'll never say. They'll they never had two of. When you're ponying up I that think, kind too. of money, you have to think he really could be coming. And and again, I if that was the case, like I don't blame them for not getting him. Uh, we're disappointed. Dude, could you imagine? I love Shohei Otani. He's he's like nothing I've ever seen before. It would have been the biggest before. signing in Canadian sports history. No question. Not even close. No question. Yeah. Not There's nothing even in the same stratosphere as a yeah. guy that's this good of a pitcher and hitter. Yeah. It, like So I, I don't blame it. But I will be. I, I, I'm, I'm still mad about the way the season ended and the failures of this team. Yeah. I will be even more when, angry when, if they don't go and fill this lineup out, dude. Go when ahead. When Nightingale tweeted he wasn't on the on the plane, did you think at that point they're out? Because I did. Yeah, I was yeah. like, they're out. If he's not coming here, uh, they're they're not in it. And then the next day, my daughter Amanda texted me, and all she said was Dodgers, and I'm like, so. What's really funny about that, I'll I'll share a story with you. I was finishing my Christmas shopping on Saturday at a mall in Kitchener, and I'm done, and I'm waiting in a coffee shop for Kate to come back from wh whatever she was doing and meet me, get a, get a coffee, and leave, and the news drops. I'm in line with like six or seven other dudes who all had Blue Jays hats on. Yeah. All of our phones are going off, and we all collectively looked up and met eyes and were like, no, it was yeah. the saddest coffee line ever. And what was really funny is we all just start chatting in this line in the coffee shop. And, uh, you know, we get up to the front and like the barista is like, that was like watching an episode of sports center right here in the <laughs> coffee shop. We were like having a round table panel oh, in the it, coffee it was shop. Yeah. The it was just so who devastating. We were, were interested in what was going on was incredible. It really was. We, we and, all, 
allowed ourselves to get leaps? sucked in. How about those? Yeah, let's move on. Let's talk about yeah. that. I didn't because have a bet they, on the Ranger game last night, but uh, that's okay. I, I, yeah, uh, the Tuesday Ranger game. That was, boy, did they? they oh. I saw a stat that they they scored four goals on the Rangers in the first period for the first time since 1944. Yeah, well, you don't score many times four goals in the first period. Any team. Well, especially against really. the Rangers this year, and they're Schuster arguably the best team in the be like in the East. You know, yeah, Shesterkin's not uh, who he was two years ago. That's for sure. He's still pretty good. He's better than any of the oh, goalies yeah. that the Leafs are employing. That's for sure. Let's talk about that though, because you know, recently, obviously, Joseph Wall just a brutal injury. Like this team is still poorly constructed, and they have no luck. Like I felt gutted for him. He was he. St- Stole two points for the Leafs against the Sens the other day, and I felt gutted for him when he got hurt. Probably his it's best just game, awful. Probably his best game as a as a pro. Yeah, he single handed, dude. He was insane. He robbed Vladimir Tarasenko three times, twice, well, twice like unbelievably. Um, but when you say they're not constructed very well, they continue to win with three of their defensemen out, and they're probably number one goalie out. They continue to win. They've only lost yeah. six games in regulation. Um, they're only four points behind the Bruins. Like it's, it's crazy how they continue to win. And, and like, not a lot of Leaf fans, including myself, think they're playing that well. I think in the last three or four games, they played a lot better. You know why? Because it actually looks like they are putting out an effort and they're working. And I haven't been able to say that for the first part of this season. They actually look like they're putting out an effort right now and it's paying off. Yeah, and their best guys are playing. Like Matthews is right back on a heater. Yeah, he's a freak he's right now. He's twenty-one working. goals in twenty-six games. He's and been unbelievable. Posts. He's working hard. Yes, um, and, and I think the reason that people say, even though that they they are banking their points, right? They they have the second fewest regulation wins. However, they have the second fewest regulation it's losses. Crazy. Isn't said. that crazy? It is. It's nuts. the most leafy thing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Every time someone says they've only won seven games or whatever in regulation, I go, yeah, they've only lost six games too. Compare that to the rest of the teams. Compare it. it. It's like, it's just such a, as as Steve Dangle would tweet, it's the leafiest thing ever. Um, And and it's very strange. But I think the reason that people continue to say, and I'm, I'm on the, on that train as well, that mm-hmm. they're not constructed well, even though that they are banking these points, is because we all know it just doesn't matter what they do in the regular season anymore. Yeah. We've uh-huh. seen this ship before, and yeah. it sinks in April. And well, so yeah. I need... Oh, we'll see. First of all, they're we'll, not going to we'll be the same as they are now. And God, I hope like, not. Guys like Domi and Bertuzzi, who they added, um, are really starting to play well. In my, Bertuzzi's in my... been playing in very well. Yeah. Very He's well. Been, it, and and Domi's well. improved. And both of those guys have proved in the past they can play in the playoffs. They show up. So yes. We'll yeah. But as you said, yeah. it all it doesn't matter. It totally doesn't matter. Just make the playoffs, and that's your first thing you got to do. Yeah. Make get in. Playoffs. Get in, and then go from there. That's what I'll say. I know you don't like it when I do this, but the most leafy thing ever, I think, would be for a team like this to be getting bagged on for how they're constructed and then win the cup. Where it seems like this year, so so many fewer and less and less of the fan base is going. Yeah, they can win. That's when it will happen. When everybody's going, nah. I, we're, here's the first round. We're playing Tampa. Let's say we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose in five, and then that's when they go on the tear. 
when right. the pessimism is at its highest, because that's exactly right. what my caps did. That a bunch of guys left the team, a yeah. bunch of rookies, their windows closed. It's over. All of a sudden they won. It, sports is, you know, not yeah. everybody can be the Patriots and just go to the AFC championship game every year. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm a firm believer now you have to bottom out um, to be able to get really good. Uh, and the Leafs did that. And I look around the league and I see the Montreal Canadiens, you know, they're going to probably, you know, finish like, I don't know, probably 15 points out of the playoffs again, not bad enough to get the number one pick and not good enough to make the playoff again, year after year, same story in Montreal. Well, um, and my God, they got to hope that Slavkovsky kid who looks a little better of late actually better. pans out because he, he was their number one pick. And I, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, and it's, that I'm kid better be a star. Picked, uh, who Seattle? Who 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 was the number one projected guy? Seattle got him. Yeah, Shane Wright. Shane Wright. Shane Wright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, who's yeah struggling yeah, to get be his better, toe in? Sure. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And yeah. you know, maybe someday we'll look back on that draft as a draft that was more about the Logan Cooleys of the world. And uh, you know, you just never know. Number one, it's not always a guarantee. Austin Matthews isn't always there. Sidney Crosby's not always there. Well, there's you know, the other OB's story. There's, there's there. a, that's a big story developing too. Is what. Uh, what's Mr. Dubas going to do in Pittsburgh? Because they are not a very good hockey team right now. They, they're awful, they, and they, the power they're old. play. They're old. Um, they have those four, you know, um, Latang and and uh, and Carlson and Crosby Sid and Gino, Gino and Gensel. Like, what do you do with those guys? Do you trade one of them? Do you like? I think. Uh, I think. Mr. Dubas is in for a rough ride in the next few years in Pittsburgh. That's for sure. Well, we we know this. They have a bear prospect covered. I like the kid they took last year. I like that Jaeger kid. But I mean, outside of that, it, it like I would I would say they have the worst farm system in the NHL. Well, and you don't There's get no Carlson question. if you're if if you're gonna, you know what I mean? Like they thought they were gonna make a run this year. Doesn't and like they it. still could like doubt. Oh, for sure. But. Doubt Sidney Crosby at your peril if we've learned anything. However, it's not looking good. And it's and we, you know this, Clarky. Before before we take another quick break and go to our couch potatoes, you know this. The second things start looking dicey in Pittsburgh, who's the first name that they're that they're willing to run out of town? It's Gino. Mm-hmm. It's Malkin every single time. Like, oh, well, they now they've got to trade Malkin. They were doing it right before they won the back-to-back cups mm-hmm. where they stubbed their toe against the Flyers in the playoffs. A couple of times. Oh, got to trade Gino. You know, like, are any of those guys even willing to go anywhere? Certainly, probably not Sid. So, like, is Gino willing to go somewhere else? Is Latang willing to go somewhere else? Is Carlson, right. after being traded there and wanting to go there? I don't know. Do you do you start farming out younger guys like Jake Gensel, who's a really good player? He'd fetch you. Uh, I actually think Jake Gensel might fetch you potentially more than Malkin would right now, just based on age. Like there are some man. If it's not this year, next year, like there's some big decisions coming down the pipe. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Penguins, man. Absolutely, oh. absolutely. I, Maybe they can I don't have envy Paul them. Marner. Maybe they can get Paul Marner out of the Leafs. Because you know he's that—that that was a typical reaction from a guy who I've seen videos about and I've heard a lot about. Um, the Leafs tie it up with six seconds to go, and Mitch didn't score the goal, and he didn't look happy. That should tell right, you. yeah, because they had the dad's trip, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're showing John Tavares' um, dad up there in the, in the box, 
And he's everyone's cheering except Paul Marner because Mitch didn't score the goal. I'm telling you, that's a thing. Yeah, I don't have a lot of time for Paul. No, but if it trickles, and, I, and many, and and I'm not saying, and and I feel bad no. saying that about anybody I've never met. Like, I agree I've never with met you, but Paul, you've seen. But we, we've all seen the news video from mm-hmm. years ago, and and but also, when I hear from one or two people that yeah. a person's not very, not a very good dude, I go, okay, well, you know, when I hear it from ten plus people. That's when I start going, okay, maybe this guy is uh Your you eyes know. open. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um Trade anyway, all right. We'll take a quick break Trade when Mitch. we come back. Straight into Pittsburgh. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, you never know. We'll come back with our couch potatoes of the week brought to you by Conway Furniture next here on Instigating. <laughs> Back to wrap things up here on Instigating, brought to you by our friends at Conway Furniture, Highway 86, East End of Listowel. Our friends at Larry Hudson, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, and Listowel Squash Courts. Really quick before we get into the Conway Furniture Couch Potatoes of the Week. What's going on? We're coming up on Christmas here. Hey, uh, Larry hey, Hudson, looking, the deals are still hot. Uh, the deals are still hot. Are you looking for a Christmas present for that one special person? Um, it's a great time. This is the week right now coming up. Uh, to get that, to get uh, a, a purchase in before Christmas. Um, so if you're looking at doing that, come on in. We have large SUVs. We have 23s that we're clearing out. We have trucks at 0% financing, uh, select oh. few, but we do have some. Um, so come on in, get that last minute Christmas gift. It'll go over great. I'll even buy you a bow to put on it. I Let's will. go. I've done it before. I'll buy a That's big service. Bow. We'll smack it on the windshield. So, yeah, so, uh, lots of things going on at Larry Hudson's. Hudson's has it, and yes. the deals are hot. They're hot, ladies and gentlemen. Larry Hudson's, they're always hot over there. Let yeah. me tell you what. The couch potato, I'm going to make you a happy man this week, but uh, yep. I, I I hijacked it last week. We've been letting you do it first. Last week, I hijacked it. And and this week you're gonna go first again, but you're gonna be. I'm gonna make you a happy guy with mine. But but first, I, okay, I'd like so for you to go. I have I have three couch potato possibilities okay. that I've been mulling over in my mind. Okay, and uh, producer Adam, I'm gonna do. I'm calling an audible here at the last minute. Um, mm. on Monday night when the Leafs were in Long Island to play the Islanders, um, the start of the game was another disaster for the anthem singer. And I just don't understand how teams can let an anthem singer who doesn't know the words to a song sing the anthem. So that was one of my possible anth- uh, couch It's not a hard song to sing. It's not. And when you make up a, a verse, you basically skipped a verse, made it up later, um, and sang it probably in under a minute, which is pretty quick for a national anthem. Anyway, I don't know her name. doesn't matter. Um, John Tavares, um, who you decided to put in the negative couch potato category a week ago. Yeah, I did. scored his 1,000th point in the National Hockey League, only the 98th player to do it. He's yes. not the reason this team is struggling with salary cap. It's, it's another guy. Um, he is an unbelievable hockey player, continues to perform at a high level, and the Leafs would not be where they are without John Tavares. He's another guy. However, where are, where are they? 
Go ahead. I'm They're sorry. Near the top of the league. Just uh-huh. stop. He scored yeah. a winning goal in the playoffs last year to advance uh, to the second. Yes, round. he did. Um, so, my couch potato is going to go back to last Friday. And just all the Blue Jay fans um, in the world who were probably sitting on the couch if they could have, refreshing Twitter, following a plane on on Flight Tracker. Um, it was an unbelievable day, as we mentioned with Rob Longley, a day I don't think you or I will ever forget um, as long as we're on this, on this earth. Um, I don't remember anything even close to it. The excitement level from everyone involved was unbelievable. Um, it was palpable, man. It was it, like I honestly was really thinking it was happening, but in this on on the other hand, I was trying to egg you on um, in our in our. Uh, I liked it. I welcomed it. My heart was racing on the way yeah. to the ring. Oh yeah, yeah. It was unreal. Like it, I thought it was. I happening. had the radio on. I thought any second. Right. I could hear something exactly. that's going to change our lives. Exactly. We heard about a press conference at six o'clock at, like, at four 30 and a presser at six. Well, well where's the presser going to be at the airport? We saw video of him walking through some airport instantly. Like someone had that ready, right? Someone had that ready. It was years as old. As soon as, yeah, as soon as, but as soon as he landed or the plane landed, he was going to tweet that out. And he did anyway. All the Blue Jay fans, you are my couch potatoes. I, I feel sorry for us. Um, it was not uh, a fun ending to a very exciting Friday. There you yeah, go. absolutely. I agree. That's a good one. Okay, now, as I promised, I'm going to make you a happy guy here because you, mm. you brought it up. Last week, I took a shot at your captain. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. And and again, mm. I, I reiterated in that clip that this was not all his fault, but it still was a bad look. And because they've never won anything, outside of one playoff round, hooray, that they deserve their criticism until they show us that their stripes are different. Now, having said that, I'm going to go the other way. And John Tavares is my couch potato. And in a very good way. Congratulations. It's a thousand points. Come on here. And and I actually have... I actually have a dual couch potato. I'd like to get both recliners out on the love seat here. And you can find those with our friends at Conway Furniture, by the way. Um, One side of it is positive. Let's kick back. And that's John Tavares. 98th player you mentioned ever to hit 1,000 points. There's been over 7,600 NHL players all time. That's 1.2% of players that have ever hit 1,000. It's incredible. What an accomplishment. Keep in mind, too, he's the all-time record holder in the OHL for goals scored. He broke Wayne Gretzky's record in the Ontario Hockey League. Like This guy has been a consistently good offensive player for his entire career, no matter what level, and congratulations are due. My other side of the couch, though, and I'm sorry, to, I, I'm not sorry. These people are losers, and they're New York Islanders fans. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I understand you're mad he left. I get it. I get it. But I saw a tweet from a Leaf fan earlier today that I I actually really enjoyed. Back when Sundin's contract was running out, there was a rumored deal on the table where they were going to trade Sundin to Vancouver because he wanted to play with the Sedins, and they were going to get Kessler back and all this other stuff. He declined the trade and then signed there in the offseason anyway. But when Max came back to Toronto that first time, remember he scored the shootout winner? Everybody applauded him. He's Matt Sundin, and he gave a lot to the organization, just like Tavares did. And I understand, oh, we're mad that he left and the way he left, blah, blah, blah. I get it. 
When a guy scores a thousand points, you applaud them. When Ovi hit 800 last year in Chicago, it was in Chicago. He scored, he hit 800. The, the whole stadium United center was chanting Ovi. <laughs> you show respect to legends of the game. I don't have a problem with them booing him during the play. And I think it's funny. No, but when you hilarious. get a thousand, when you do that, it's, it's come just on. Classless. It's so oh, ridiculous. Not, and, now, and, I, I will say, though, I did see uh, quite a few fans clapping. Uh, they, but yes. It was the same amount, you know, uh, giving the Trudeau salute and flipping the bird and uh, booing at the same time. <laughs> so it was quite a mix. My point is, is that Martin, I, I, I understand Islanders that the fans are, are upset. I get it. I'm not saying you ever yeah. have to be supportive of the guy. I, I understand but a thousand points in your boot. Come on, like be a little classy. I understand people are probably calling me a high horse rider here. I get it. But I kind of agree with what Sean Avery said a bunch of years ago there. You guys are losers. You have little brother syndrome. Stop being losers. Wipe the snot off your nose. Dry your tears already and get over it. So, Ryan, I've never gotten into couch potato. I have. I've Sorry, I've got into one argument. On Twitter with someone once, and uh-huh. it was the first day game back in the island, and oh, the and they were Peter throwing snakes. Mike Zeisberger of the Toronto Sun tweeted something, and an Islander fan jumped in saying how they're much better than Leaf fans, and blah 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 blah. And I I said something about you can't even fill the Nassau Coliseum with fans. How can you say they're better? And his point, he's trying to convince himself that that was okay because the arena was smaller. And I'm like, you can't fill the smaller arena. That's a problem when you can't fill a small arena. Like, anyway, um, that was the one time where I, I went back and forth with a guy about 10 times. Um, yeah. Just when they were, th- remember they were throwing plastic snakes on the ice and everything. It's like, all right, you know. Yeah, I know. I know. And then the I chant, these. at least the chant has stopped. We don't need you as so far. It yeah. well didn't. It wasn't there on Monday night um, because they probably realized they probably could use them. Yeah. Well, and and regardless of all that, could. I just didn't like that he scored a thousand and they were booing. Like, just get over yourself for a second. They'd be upset yeah. if someone on their team did it and they didn't get applauded. Like, come on, is a joke. All right, that's our Couch Potatoes brought to you by our friends at Conway Furniture. Hey, all the prices you see on stuff in there include HST and delivery. All right, so there's no fooling around with our friends down at Conway Furniture. Go see them, Highway 86, East End of Listowel. That's it for the show. Thanks to our buddy Rob Longley. Go ahead. Is this our last show of the year? What's going on? No, no, we got one more. Oh, we got one more. one more before we we will be taking a a two-week holiday break. Hey, we need a break around here, all right? We will be taking a break, but uh, we got one more. We got one more. Thanks to our friend Rob Longley, beat reporter for the Toronto Sun, following the Blue Jays, as always, for his great work. And we appreciate our sponsors, Conway Furniture, our friends at Larry Hudson, Chevrolet Buick, GMC. Deals are hot. And, of course, the list will squash courts. We'll be back next week. Oh, remember, watch us Friday nights at 8. Sunday nights at nine, our friends on Whiteman TV. That's channel six for Whiteman subscribers. Producer Adam, you thought I forgot for a second, didn't you? I did not. Remember, you can also follow us on social media at Instigating Pod, and the show debuts on our YouTube channel Friday nights at 9 p.m. We'll be back next week, one last week before the holidays, here on Instigating. <laughs>